0: And so when you found Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 10, let's stand with me as we read God's Word today. And now Paul, in writing this, he starts out saying, for we are his workmanship. But we're going to personalize this a little bit this morning because I want you to grab hold of what the Bible says about you. So you need to say this. Say this with me. For I am am his workmanship, workmanship. created in Christ Jesus Jesus. for for good works, which God prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. In today's life, it could be defined as simply this, life in the fast lane. And we're in a series right now called Cars, and you know that your life is fast-paced, it is hectic, it is non-stop. But many times in a fast-paced, hectic life, we run into a bunch of stuff. We run into mechanical problems, we run into breakdowns, we have accidents sometimes, and all these things are designed to get us off the course that God has for us. So what we're doing in this series is we want to compare your life to an actual physical vehicle, and the vehicle is simply an illustration. I'm not calling you a car. We want you to compare your life to a car, and illustrate how God can begin to use you at an optimal level so you can achieve all that God's called you to achieve in this life. The title of this morning's message is called Traffic Jams. Have y'all ever been in a traffic jam? How many of y'all are smiling ear to ear when you're in a traffic jam? My wife is laughing at me because she knows I am smiling ear to ear, praising Jesus for the extra time to be in his presence. With the kids being pleasant in the back seat on Lake Ray Hubbard Bridge. Okay, maybe that's not quite the complete story, but it's part of the story. Well, when we talk about traffic jams, have you ever noticed you can be going down a four-lane road, all the cars going in the same direction, all the cars going at a good speed, even a little over the speed limit sometimes? Can I get an amen? Amen. Because you know you're part of that sometimes. Okay? But then, bang, something happens in one car. Listen, just one car stalls out or breaks down or has a blowout on this four-lane road, and what happens to every other lane? They all slow down. And then all the cars behind the one that stopped, and if it's in the right, far right lane, it's really not that bad because hopefully they can just get off on the shoulder. But you know in the world we live in, it's not the car in the right lane. It's probably the one in the far left lane like me going a little faster than you probably should have been going. And then you have something happens, and a stall out happens, or a blowout happens, or an accident happens. And so that one car has to cross all four lanes to get on the shoulder over here. And as that's happening, all the traffic behind it starts backing up. And then even if it stalls out in a lane and can't get on the shoulder, and it's stopped, all the traffic behind this car has to merge into these three lanes, and everything starts backing up. And everything starts slowing down, and everybody starts getting mad, and everybody starts driving a little more aggressive, and everybody starts squeezing and bobbing and weaving, and then you're trying to do this in all the lanes because this car is going a little bit faster than that. Okay, maybe I'm getting a little too involved in this story. And everything stops. So, comparing this to your Christian life, what happens when you, as a believer in your Christian walk, what happens when you stall out? What happens when you have a breakdown? What happens when you get into an accident as a believer? See, the thing about being a car or being in the body of Christ is God's got the church and the body of Christ going in what we like to call in the church world, God is doing a what? A movement. And when God begins to do a movement, God begins to get a church going in the same direction, going at a good pace, doing quality things, expanding the kingdom of God, doing amazing things like we're doing in Shine Brighter and Shine Farther, but then all of a sudden, A breakdown or a blowout happens or an accident happens. And if you are the one with the breakdown or the blowout or the accident in the spirit realm, the exact same thing happens as in the physical realm. Have you ever noticed when all the traffic starts backing up and everything starts slowing down, the same thing happens in the church world or in your spirit life. When you have a blowout in your spirit life and you come to a stop, it's not just you that's affected. It's not just you that slows down. We're going to go through some different things this morning, some different scenarios, and I want to encourage you this morning that in your life, it's going to help you avoid traffic jams, not just for your sake, that you don't just slow down, but so we do not slow down a movement that God is trying to do, I believe, in Northeast Texas to change the world that we live in. So as we talk about traffic jams this morning, I want to encourage you to be prepared for the things that God's going to begin to do in your life. Everybody say blowouts with me. The first thing that gonna, I'm going to talk about that causes traffic jams this morning is blowouts. Now listen, these are the unexpected things that happen in your life that knock you off course for your life. These are the unexpected things that happen. Now pastor, if they're unexpected, that means they're probably not my fault. When unexpected things happen, you probably can't stop it, but you can be prepared for it. Most of the time you can't stop something that's unexpected because then it wouldn't be unexpected, right? Have you ever been driving down the road and had a blowout? There is no other feeling like it. Man, you're cruising along, and you got your foot on the gas, or you're like me, you got your cruise control, and okay, I'm going to quit talking about my driving abilities. You're driving, you got your foot on the gas, and your steering wheel, and then bang, there is no other feeling like having a blowout. A shot of adrenaline comes, and it feels like from your foot, but it just... Boom, all through your body. You grab 10 and 2, all those good skills that you learn in drivers Ed happen. And then your front tire's shaking, like and you're just, if you've ever had a blowout, you know what I'm talking about. I'll never forget, man. I was driving down the road in a front-wheel drive car. The first car that I ever drove, we nicknamed it the Dimpled Wonder. Some of you may have remembered that. So full of hell damage, it didn't matter if you hit anything because you couldn't tell. And I was driving that car and a blowout happened, and immediately the shot of adrenaline came, and I grabbed the steering wheel and I began to slow off to the side of the road, and there's no other feeling like it. Have you ever had a blowout in your life? One of those things that just happens so unexpected and you know that there's nothing else like it. Let's use your work for an example. How many of y'all have ever walked into the office one day and they said, we're closing it down. Nobody has a job. That would be considered a blowout. Some of you may have experienced layoffs. Some of you may have experienced you were qualified for a promotion, but they didn't choose you for the promotion. Can I get an amen? And you had a blowout. Some of you may have just had the worst day ever at your office and that can be considered a blowout. The thing about a blowout, blowout is you have the ability to let it just affect you or a blowout can affect everything and everyone else around you, okay? When you have a blowout, if you're not prepared, it can affect you and you can pull off the side of the road or if you're not paying attention, it can affect everyone else around you because many blowouts end up creating a big accident That equals more than just you, but everybody else. But if it's unexpected, how do we prepare for it? The Bible says this, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now it says you will be able to withstand in the evil day. Now it doesn't say the evil day might come. It says you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. That means there's going to be a day coming when something unexpected happens in your life. And when you have that blowout, I'm going to ask you, how are you prepared to respond? How are you prepared to handle the catastrophe? See, a lot of things bad happen at work, but a bad day at work doesn't have to be a bad bad night at home. And a bad night at home doesn't have to be a bad day for the dog because you kicked the dog when you came in and you yelled at the kids when you came in and you yelled at your wife when you came in or you yelled at your husband when you came in and your blowout that happened at 8 o'clock in the morning at work has now filtered all the way through the 5 o'clock hour is in the 6 o'clock hour at your house. And how many of you know when you go home and blow up on the whole family because you had a blowout, they all start having blowouts. Everybody goes to bed mad and wakes up mad the next morning. So now you're letting what affected you yesterday overflow into today And too many believers ruin today with yesterday because you're not prepared for the blowout. You must begin to be prepared for the blowout. The Bible says you will be able to withstand in the evil day. That means as good as a Christian you are, that means the enemy is going to still try to come against you adversely. And listen, we live in a fallen, broken world until the return of Christ, and he makes all things new. And so because we live in a fallen, broken, sin nature world, bad things happen to good people, and it's not God's fault, okay? It's not God's fault because God's preparing you for the evil day. He's saying, get ready, put on the full armor of God. So that way when the blowout happens at eight o'clock on Monday morning, you're ready for it, and you're calm, cool, and collective by noon. Amen? Now, how many of you are just amening me or you're really starting to prepare for a blowout? Because here's the deal. A lot of church people, they come to church every single Sunday and we prepare you for a blowout, but when the blowout happens, you still sit here like, oh my gosh, I don't know why this happened to me. I told you it was gonna happen. Now, I'm not prophesying it into your life. I'm telling you what the Bible says. You will be able to withstand in the evil day. When something happens to you, that you weren't expecting, that you didn't like, that you didn't plan, that you didn't pray for. And listen, I know a bunch of Christians that bad things happen to good people. Even bad things happen to godly people. And when those things happen, this is how you can tell how mature you are in Christ. How do you respond or how do you react? Somebody has a bad day in your household and they come home and it overflows into the rest of the house as the spouse, the other side, the other half, how do you respond, how do you react? Can I tell a story on you? This is how much my wife loves me. We were driving down the road one day, and it was FM, not 2560, Highway 11 right there. And this was, I don't know, probably five or six years ago. It was a while ago. Praise God we both matured a little bit, grown since then. And I was just in an irritable mood. I mean, I was horrible, y'all. I mean, irritable mood. Everything that she said, (laughs) everything that she said is like, I don't know. I don't care. Doesn't matter. I mean, just ugly. I mean, just, just ugly. I mean, I had no right to treat her like that. This is before we even had kids, so I didn't even have a reason to be in a bad mood. I couldn't even blame the kids for being bad. And she said, honey, are you having a bad day? And I said, yes. And she said, good. Now that you know it, you can get over it. Come on, give her a hand clap. Come on. Would I have preferred her to phrase it a little bit different? Oh, yes. But Listen. How did she respond to me being negative and having a blowout? She pulled me out of my blowout. The rest of the day, I was fine. Because I was mad for about 45 seconds thinking, God, how dare this woman talk to me like this? <laughs> God, this woman you gave me. I pulled the Adam line, you know, at Garden of Eden. This woman you gave me. Oh, and God said, she's right. God, are we talking the same page? And it pulled me out of my blowout for the day. Husbands and wives, this time we start pulling each other out of blowout. Rather than when one person come home with a blowout and we begin to treat each other just ugly and adversely because one person had a blowout, don't let it give you a blowout. When your boss is having a blowout, you as the employee don't let it give you a blowout. See, it's our job not to fall into the the trap of everybody having blowouts together. Because when one person has a blowout, do you realize if the body of Christ would rally around them, begin to pick them up, begin to uplift them and uphold them, we could get them off to the side of the road, get them the healing that they need so a whole spiritual traffic jam doesn't happen. Then we can get them back on the road of life, back in the fast lane to getting where God's called them to be. How do you handle blowouts, the unexpected day that's going to come? The Bible says to be prepared for those days. The next thing that talks that I want to talk about that causes traffic jams is this. It's mechanical failures. There are three main things that cause mechanical failures in your car. Number one is neglect. Number one is neglect. And we must not begin to neglect the vehicle that we're in. If you begin to neglect your car and drive 10,000, 12,000, 14,000 miles and then say, oh, I need an oil change. Can I say that's qualified as neglect? If you have an inspection sticker that's more than three months out of date, I'm talking about neglect. (laughs) If you have things in your car that you don't regularly get them tuned up or fixed or checked out and you begin to neglect those things such as proper tire pressure or air pressure in your tires, after a while they're going to begin to wear funny. Then you're going to have an alignment issue and then when you have an alignment issue it's going to wear even worse and then you're going to have a blowout. Listen, the Bible talks about neglecting things. It says this in Revelation 2, 4, and 5. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken or neglected the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Now listen, repent and do the things you did at first. Remember when you got a new car? And it didn't have to be brand new. It could be just be new to you, okay? You got a car that's new to you. And what do you do the first month you got that car that's new to you? It's not dirty, It is clean. It smells good inside. Even if it's not brand new, you go buy the leather spray so it smells like new leather. You get the pina colada little Christmas trees that you have about 10 of them hanging on your mirror. And you do the things to keep that car, what, like new. But after a while, the newness begins to wear off. The newness begins to get pushed aside. The newness becomes the norm, and you begin to neglect the Bible says you must, in your spiritual walk, do the things you did at first. What's it talking about? When you first got born again, how much did you read the Bible? When you first got born again, how much did you pray? When you first got born again, how was worship to you? When you first got born again and you got plugged into the body of Christ, how excited were you to come to a worship service? About five years into your Christian walk, how many of you are good to make two a month? <laughs> See, the Bible says, repent and do the things you did at first. The major thing that causes mechanical failures is neglect. When we begin to neglect the things, the the common things, the normal things, the what I would say, the non-exciting things, if you want to phrase it like that, about our Christian walk that you're supposed to do every single day, when we don't neglect those, you'll experience a lot less traffic jams and breakdowns and mechanical failures in your Christian walk. Because when you're always talking to the mechanic of your life, He'll fix anything that's wrong. When you're always talking to the mechanic of your life, he'll tell you when there's an oil leak in your heart. What does that mean? He'll tell you when you have not been submissive to the Spirit. Throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is always referenced with oil. So some of you your life, the the joy is gone because you let the joy of the Holy Spirit just begin to leak out of your life. And you didn't even know there was a gasket problem because the the oil of the Spirit just kept dripping and you didn't have the, the proper diligence to check it on a daily basis. And so now all the oil has gone out of your life and you wonder why you're a bitter old Christian. And so in this process, the Bible says, do not forsake or neglect the things you did at first. I want to challenge you in your life just like I would challenge you in your marriage What did you do for your wife the first year you were married? What have you done for her lately? What have you done for your husband the first year you were married? What have you done for him lately? Don't neglect the things you did at first. There's something spiritual about keeping a passion for your relationship with Christ alive. There is something deeply rooted in the, the, the growth of your Christian walk when you will not neglect the things you did at first. And if you're not neglecting the things you did at first, something else that begins to occur that will cause a traffic jam is you just, start, you just start maybe starting to wear out. You know, it doesn't matter how new you try to keep a car. Every once in a while, you got to put new brake pads on it. Every once in a while, you got to get a new oil filter. Every once in a while, you got to change the hoses and the gaskets. Every once in a while, you got to get the compressor cleaned out. Every once in a while, you got to do some things because parts begin to wear. And when parts begin to wear, it's going to end up having a mechanical failure. The Bible says this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal or the making new of your mind. Now listen, when parts of you begin to get worn, it's time that you renew it. When church begins to get boring or worn on you, it's time to renew your love for the church. In your life, what is being worn right now? Some of you are thinking, my marriage is worn. It's time to get a renewal. Some of you are thinking, my job, pastor, it's wearing on me. And it's wearing me pretty thin. Let's get a renewal. Some of you are sitting here thinking, pastor, I'm worn in my prayer life. I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying and I haven't got an answer. Let's get a renewal for your passion for prayer. When we begin to wear out as a believer, when we begin to get worn as a believer, the Bible says it's time to let God make it new. And listen, going from person to person to person and trying to glean their joy is not making you new. You need to go to the source of joy. You need to go to the source of power. You need to go to the source of passion. You need to go to the source of life. You need to go where life is issued from and quit trying to glean it off everybody else. Many people when they begin to get worn, they start hanging around the people that have what they need the most. When you're getting worn in your marriage, you start hanging around people that are worn in your marriage, worn in their marriage so you can have pity parties together. Or you start hanging around people who have a good marriage, but you're trying to glean off them rather than going to the source of giving good life to your marriage. Quit being worn out by the world and if you are, the Bible says it's time to get a new part. It's time to get a new joy, a time to get a new peace put in there. It's time to get a new uh, passion for Christ put in there. The last thing that causes mechanical failures, it's just flat-out age. It is flat-out age. Now, I'm not talking physical here, so anybody who's over 70, don't look at me like, I cannot believe he is talking about me. No, because there's some 70- and 80-year-olds in here who have more passion in life than the 20-year-olds in here. And there are some 20-year-olds in here that I would think that you got one foot in the grave and the other one's following it real close. I'm not talking about physical age. I'm talking about spiritually aging. People, if you do not stay plugged into the Word of God, you will age really quick. You'll begin to get to a point where this just isn't any fun and you're more than happy to die and go be with Jesus because you know eternity is way better. But listen, Jesus has already said, I have come that you would have life and have it more abundantly right here on this earth. So if you're expecting life when you get to heaven, start tapping into it now. See, the thing about it is you need to stay firmly grounded in the word of God while touching heaven in prayer. And you need to watch what God can begin to do. Now listen, there's two things about old cars. They're either a junk heap or they're a show car classic, baby. They're either a junk heap or they're a show car classic. The problem is many believers let their life, because of getting worn out, because of neglect, become junk heaps. And you think because you've been saved and born again and you're about 30 to 40 years in your Christian walk that God's done with you. Listen, retire has never been mentioned in the Bible. Re-fire has. It's time that you let God refire the passion on the inside of you. Let God do something amazing in your midst. Now, the last thing that causes traffic jams, and this is the major one, it's accidents. It's accidents that take place in your life. Accidents occur because many times it's this. It's not because of mechanical failures. It's not because of blowouts. It's because we get very comfortable where we're at and we go coasting through life. We start coasting through life. Now, many of us, this happens simply because we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention in life. And when we're not paying attention in life, these are the things that begin to take place. You get caught up in the moment. You get caught up in the music. And you get caught up in the scenery. When you get caught up in those three things, like a beautiful day today, you have a Jeep, you can take the top off it. If my garage wasn't so full of stuff, I would. And you take it off and you just start coasting through life. You start coasting through life. And when you get coasting through life and you're driving down the road and you're looking out the window and the wind's blowing through your hair and the music's blaring, and you don't realize the car in front of you is at a dead stop, we don't pay attention. And you know a lot of times in life we get into accidents in our Christian walk because we've quit paying attention we've quit paying attention to what God has said, wake up, it's time to recognize. Many times we get very comfortable in our life at church. How many of you come into this church every Sunday and sit pretty close to the same seat? I remember I caught more flack over a message I did one time that when everybody was in here and the very first thing I said in my message is, everybody get up and move to a different seat. If you're at the front, go to the back. If you're at the back, come to the front. If you're over here, go to there, over there, go to here. I caught more flack off that message because I wanted people to get out of the norm. You're so comfortable in your Christian walk. We've quit paying attention and we're gonna have a cataclysmic accident in our life. And then we hit something because we're not paying attention. We go off the road and we hit a tree, we hit another car, we run into another believer who's having the same bad day we are and then we finally wake up and say, how did this happen? Most accidents happen because we don't pay attention. We're not focused on what God's called us to focus on or we get distracted. We get this. All right. How many of y'all know distractions happen? You're going down the road, you're driving down the road, and something just happens. Your cell phone goes off. The music goes off. The Facebook goes off. The things just happen. And then we start driving. No, don't, don't look at me. I use my blinker. Never. I have the music loud, never. I have my phone going off, never. <laughs> hey, don't get mad at me for being on the phone driving, you're the ones texting me. <laughs> what are you blaming me for? If I were to wait till I got home, my wife would be mad at me then and I would rather have you mad at me than her because <laughs> I'd be working all the time at home. I keep telling everybody the one person I would hire, if I could ever hire somebody, would just be somebody to drive me around so I could keep working. <laughs> I keep texting and emailing and finishing all the stuff I can't do when I'm driving. <laughs> distractions happen, the music's too loud. How many of you got so many things going on in your life, so many things taking place in your life that you're distracted from the things of God? And then you wonder why two years down the road your marriage is in an accident. You wonder two years down the road why your kids are in an accident. Not physically, but things happen. Your kids aren't who you thought they were because we've been distracted by all the things in our cars, we're distracted. When are we gonna turn things off, shut things down and say, God, I don't need this anymore, I need you in my life. No more distractions for me. Nothing holding me back from being what you called me to be. Church, distractions stop us more than anything in our life. Distractions are another main cause of accidents in our life. I remember, and this was several years ago when I took defensive driving, and they said the number one cause of accidents was they call it the big gulp, because you had them big cups and you'd take a drink and it would cover this much of your face. You couldn't see, and you get in an accident, and the distractions keep happening. Why are we having so many things that are more important in our life than what is supposed to be? The last one is this. How many of y'all have conveniences in your car? I mean, you got power locks, power windows. I mean, some of y'all got heated seats in your car. I mean, some of y'all got just, you can talk into your radio and it does what you tell it to do. I'm wanting a car like that one of these days. That'd be great. Instead, I talk at it and it doesn't listen. How many of y'all have just gotten too comfortable with the conveniences of your spiritual walk? You know you can come to a worship service and have great worship. It doesn't matter how bad your day is. You know you can come to the youth department and you got, your youth is going to be thriving because we've got a great youth pastor. Your children are going to be well taken care of when you bring them to children's church and the nursery. And, and you can come here and you can hear great, phenomenal, outstanding, amazing messages. Amen. I mean, and many of us in our Christian walk, we're about to have an accident because you're so comfortable with the conveniences of a church. You think, I don't have to read the Bible on my own. Joel can explain it to me. And even if I don't have the initiative to open my Bible, there's always a daily Bible reading in the church email. And even if I don't get the church email, listen, I can just turn on the radio and I can even put it on uh, the Sirius 63 and it's Christian radio and they always have a verse of scripture. All the while, it's preventing you personally from getting in the word of God. All the while, when is the last time you physically opened up a paper-bound version of your Bible Not the one that's a coffee cup holder on your coffee table. Not the one that's a decoration in your car so everybody knows you go to church somewhere because it's still in the back window for the past three years and it's faded. (laughs) No, but when is the last time you physically opened your Bible and said, it's not a convenience anymore. It's something I'm going to do. See, the biggest thing about accidents is they happen because of we're not paying attention, distraction, and we're just too comfortable. Listen to what 1 Peter 5, 8 says, and I'll close with this. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion, seeking who he may get in an accident with, seeking who he may devour. I want to ask you this question. Are you prepared for a blowout if it happens? Are you ready for the things of life because you've been in the word of God? Are you prepared for the mechanical failures because you're not neglecting? because you're taking care of the things like you did at first, because you're not letting yourself get worn out, and because you're not letting yourself age the wrong way. Are you gonna be okay? Because you can avoid the accidents in your life, because you know that you're not just living by convenience, but you're living a life by faith. You know that you're not depending on Damon and the leadership and, and Mitch and Jeff and me and Ty and, and, and the staff to, to take care of you and spoon feed you, but because you can truly break open the bread of life yourself and discern what the word of God says. I want to challenge you this morning. Will you look at your life just for a minute? I said at the very beginning of this message, the whole series on cars is designed to this. It's to make you perform once again at an optimal level that you were designed to perform at. It's to make you perform at that level. And if you let these things in life, the blowouts, the things that are unexpected overtake you, if you let the neglect in your life happen, the mechanical failures, and if you let the accidents take place You're never going to perform at an optimal level. You have a perfect opportunity to come before God and say, God, it's time to change. It's time to change, God, because I'm not going to live by convenience anymore. I'm not just going to take what Joel said, but because I've been taking notes and because I've been listening diligently and because I've got the word of God in my hand, I can study this out for myself.